The accounting standards South Africa has adopted and implemented are based on Eurocentric standards and is not in the best interest of the country. The setting of accounting standards is also very politicized and South Africa must consider the adaptation of global standards such as IFRS to ensure optimal benefits for South Africa. These benefits include accelerated economic growth. These are the views of Nicolas van Wijk, the CEO of the South African Institute for Business Accountants or Cyber. Nicolas, thanks for joining me. Just frame this perspective for us. How can accounting standards be political and uh, how can these accounting standards not be in the best interest of South Africa? Hello, Ray. Thanks for the conversation. One has to go back to the nature of accounting. And I think there's a misunderstanding that accounting is a natural science like mathematics or natural sciences, when in fact I would more describe it as a social science. And we've seen of late with the whole LGBT movement, Black Lives Matter, that the whole concept of what is a social construct, how you define something, is being discussed, especially in the West. And the thinking is then that if accounting is a social construct, it is then subject to certain definitions, and that definitions are arrived at through discussions and assumptions. So if we question those assumptions, you might get a different result. Secondly, the international community is a fairly systematic process currently on how accounting standards are set. It's really a, an exemplary process where all countries that have adopted or converged to IFRS meet regularly. And that's one of the interesting things about accounting standards that they're not set by national governments. Uh, they're not set by world regulators like a World Bank or a UN. They're set by a voluntary organization of volunteers, the IFRS Foundation. They're situated or they're headquartered in the UK, but they're registered in Delaware. And traditionally, they've been influenced or determined by a Eurocentric approach. And that's just traditional and historic through industrial development and how developing versus developed nations have evolved. So the nature of the thing has always been Western and Eurocentric. But we've seen of late that countries like India and China, and that's our point, hopefully South Africa, will really look at these standards and say, but if there are social constructs, whose definitions are they adhering to? That is a very, very interesting point, especially the reference that accounting is not a science in itself. I think many people will look at accounting and say, listen, it's black or white. Mm. How does social constructs then mm. influence regulatory or accounting regulations and standards? What traditionally happened was that when accounting standards were drafted, we used a historical cost approach. And I was just reading an article in preparation for the meeting there are a number of professors that have highlighted this. One professor I'm thinking about works for at Stanford University, saying that accounting should be based on historical costs. I'll explain now the whole accounting cycle. But of late, and in an effort to better reflect information for decision-making, the standard setters have opted for fair value accounting. Now, once you bring in fair value, those are now opinions of people, whether it's a valuer or investor, other stakeholders, unions, governments, your opinion about what something is worth and how to value it will differ significantly. So then it boils down to who has the most money, who's got the most time to influence how the standards are set. And that's not unique to accounting standards. I think everything works like that. If you compare that to a sports team, Formula One or MotoGP, the team that's best equipped, that has the most funding, the best engines, they're the teams that win. And in the same way, 
accounting standards. So we know that the US and the UK and European countries invest heavily in proper representation at these standard setters levels. But when it comes to Africa and South Africa particularly, we're very lax in that regard. We've kind of abdicated the standard setting process to European nations. India and China, however, they realize the political nature of accounting standards and how they can affect your GDP, and that's the point we want to come to. They appoint teams of people, which they send to the standard setting forums to influence those standards. My own experience with our local Financial Reporting Standards Council is that they just accepting of what international standards are issued. The Companies Act in South Africa requires that a Financial Reporting Standards Council be appointed, and the purpose of that council is to advise the minister about what standards to adopt or require companies in South Africa to follow. But when I engage with the FRSC, I ask them, what is your mandate or your framework? When you send a technical person over to the international standard setters, did you ever ask Parliament what their view is of the standards? And the answer was, why would they? Because they're technical. But they're not technical. They have a direct impact on your GDP, your FDI, your unemployment ratio, because we just need to break down a little bit about how financial statements affect economic growth. So if you look at South Africa, there's about 2 million companies. Can um, I interrupt you there? Before mm. we get to the uh, the impact on GDP, can you give us a practical example of how the usage of the implementation of accounting standards can create different scenarios? Why should it be different to, say, evaluation in the U.S. be different to one in India or China if it seems to be uh, generally accepted in those markets? Mm. I think for that we have to have a little bit of a bird's eye view about the economic systems. And I'm going to use an example again of the United States. The world after the 19 world wars adopted a dollar-based economic system and everything is valued in terms of dollars. And in 1971, the Nixon government walked away from a gold standard and adopted the dollar as the payment method of the world. Now, with that came a lot of power to the West, and they then, to a large extent, determined the value of currencies and how much money can be printed and how much money goes in circulation, and in the same way, accounting standards. So your ability to influence them and represent your economy in a certain way is reflected in how those standards are set. And with the technical people going to those committees, and ours are really absent, they then have this ability to draft these standards in a way that will benefit their economies. What India and China have recently done, and there's proper research about this, it's a technical nature, so I'm not a technical accountant, but what I understand from the papers is when they get these standards in draft form, they refer it to their local technical people. They then look at them and first ask, how will this affect their companies, their unemployment rate, their economic growth? And if their companies aren't ready or will be damaged by a too early implementation, they lobby. They would then influence the standards either to be postponed and give their companies a chance to adjust to what the standards require, or they would have carve-outs. There's an example of Tata in India and some big companies in China that had lobbied their governments and asked, but they don't want to specifically implement a particular standard. In China, it had to do with fair value accounting. And even though the FASB, that's from the US, and the IASB prohibits this treatment in that particular context of that particular companies, the Chinese said, no, but our companies will be allowed to follow this standard because it gives them a time to adjust and, and there's huge cost in adjusting. And that in itself is a benefit for your local economy.
So what would you like to see change in South Africa? So first of all, our Department of Trade and Industry and Competition should realize that accounting standards aren't just something to hand over to accountants. It sounds strange, I'm an accountant myself, but um, as I've moved up in the world and started to engage internationally, I've seen how politics works. We need to realize it's a political game, and then the local Financial Reporting Standards Council should have a proper mandate that when they determine what our South Africa's view is on standards, they should do so in terms of economic growth for South Africa, what's the best for South African companies, and will the standard enhance employment? Because it has to do with FDI. So just going back to the economic system in a country, it consists of the 2 million and more companies operating in South Africa, daily making economic decisions, buying, selling, entering transactions. And all those transactions are summarized into a trial balance, classified in a certain way, measured and recognized into a set of financials. And those financials, if you're a listed company, are then shared with your uh, investors and shareholders. They then decide that they want to invest or not. And if it's applying for a credit at the bank, they also use those financials. So financials are an integral part of an economy. But then you have to ask yourself, these set of financials, how do we define what is revenue? And what do we calculate revenue as being and your expenses and your assets and liabilities? And it's all those elements that ultimately boil up into your GDP calculation. So it has a significant impact on how you report within your financial reporting supply chain. And that is what we want the DDI to recognize, the importance of sets of financial statements, and then properly fund the Financial Reporting Standards Council. But besides the funding, sending the right people over to the ISB, which isn't just technocrats, but people with an economic and political understanding of how the world works, and making sure then that South Africa first and then Africa second voice is heard properly. Because at the moment, we... And it might diverge a little bit. We have a traditional approach in South Africa because of our colonial past to adopt or work with in terms of a UK framework. And that is a concern for us. I think we need to develop in a different way. We need to do what India and China is doing. And they refer to convergence of IFRS and not adoption. Adoption means we just take it as they presented it, but it shouldn't just be like that. You've referred to politics a few times. You said this is a political game. But I struggle to see how it can be political when accounting is aimed at calculating how much tax a company must pay and how much dividends can be paid out. Mm. Is your reference to the political influence, does that refer to ignorance or is there a sinister motive? I don't know whether it's a sinister motive. I think South Africa lacks at this moment, a realization that we're competing with other countries. First of all, we need to realize this. And then we're competing with other countries in Africa. We're competing with countries in Europe and the U.S. And, and that changes things. So it's not a rainbow nation approach where we all want to work nicely together and getting a result. It must be driven for our own benefit, for our own economies. I'm also not a technical accountant. In fact, I'm not even an accountant. I studied accounting many, many years ago. But what actual standards do you think is problematic for a country like South Africa? What we would like to see is, first of all, the DDI and the Financial Reporting Standards Council should have a direct connection with our listed companies. So it's difficult to say, is there a standard not applicable to South Africa or which should we change? It's rather a question of engaging with listed companies working in South Africa and Africa and asking them, 
Uh, if this standard that is proposed by the international standards are adopted, that will it benefit your systems? Will it benefit how you represent your economic results? Will it detract from it? Will it be too difficult to implement? Will it be too costly? And based on their responses, we gather that information and then we represent this to the international standard setters. At the moment, there isn't a conversation happening between listed companies and the DTIC or medium or smaller companies on what they would prefer to do. And that is what should be put on the agenda. So what we are proposing to the DTI, we've sent them a proposal back in 2001, is that they set up such a structure to say, okay, companies in South Africa, what is it that bothers you about the standard? Let us then represent your interest at the IASB. Uh, because at the moment, it's a, an outside-in approach. We don't have any view on anything. We go to a meeting without a clear mandate or, or expected outcome, and then we come back and 99% just adopt whatever is issued by the international standard setters. And that just doesn't make sense to do it that way around. It should be an inside-out approach. I just still want to get a sense of exactly how significant the differences are between the standards used and adopted by China and India as opposed to the US and Europe and South Africa. Mm. How significantly are they different? The example from India might be the best example in Tata, where Tata asked the Indian government to, or their standard setter, to exempt them for about two or three years from a fair value-based accounting process. And that allowed them to adjust their systems because they are a global company, but based in India. So there's a currency differences in how they account for their transactions. I can't say exactly what the RAND value would have been, but you can imagine a global company with billions of turnover, if they can get a postponement for three years where other companies had to implement it immediately, and that's a significant saving. And then that reflects in the bottom line with Tata and then ultimately with their employees. So in the same way is what we propose for South Africa. You sent a letter to National Treasury last year highlighting many of these issues. Is there a process ongoing which may lead to the change of the standards we are using? We've been lobbying hard with them. First of all, you have to explain the impact of financial reporting standards and why it's important and not only a technical issue. The FRSC has been dormant for also, that's also a little bit of blemish on our local process because the Companies Act requires us to have this council to advise the minister, but they became defunct about two years ago. We haven't been sending anyone to the international standard setting authorities. There's not enough funding being allocated in the Act, again because of a misunderstanding, and that is why we want to highlight the political nature of this. So I think the DTI might be under the impression this is just a technical matter. We in any way just adopt the standards from overseas, so why do we need comment? on those standards, but then they're missing the whole point. You raised earlier, financial statements is just there to determine tax. Well, that's more for the small entities. We favor a tax basis of accounting to make it easier for them to report. But the IFRS is more for the capital markets and the listed entities. And uh, given the state of the world currently, and as I said, the whole SWIFT system, the whole currency system, how the economics is running the world, we think now with the latest conflicts in Russia and Ukraine. There's many other things happening with China, India, Russia, Saudi, kind of wanting to move away from a dollar-based economy to new things. And we think accounting standards need to play a role in this. And if there's a BRICS approach to accounting, or at least a lobbying group, I think that should be what the DTIC should be aiming for. That will increase our own status and standing with BRICS, 
and it'll also be meaningful for our local companies if they can see that the DTI is looking at the interest, uh, not just adopting standards, but rather converging standards. We use the standards that suits us, but those that aren't suiting us, we either postpone the implementation to give the companies more time to apply it, uh, which decreases cost of doing business in South Africa, and through that creates employment or exempt companies if they can motivate and say, but this isn't suitable in our circumstances. And there is two examples, India and China. There are several accounting bodies in South Africa. We've got Cyber, you've got uh, SICA, the Institute for Chartered Accountants. You also have the auditor regulator, Erba. Are they also on board with your views? Or do they agree with your views? I don't think they will agree with my views. I haven't directly asked them. We've had informal discussions. But my view, and it's a personal view about our profession in South Africa, it's very much Eurocentric. It hasn't fully accepted that we're in BRICS, which our partners should be India and China, uh, not the EU or the US. And that changes things. So um, historically, and I, I would describe it to historical reasons, given South Africa's own history of uh, colonization with the UK, we still have that mindset. And as cyber, we want to place this on the agenda and say, are we fully African-centric? And we don't think we are at the moment. But should this not be a, an industry initiative or uh, process? Because I would think if I'm in government, you know, listen, let's see if everybody who is, you know, significant players in this industry, if they agree, then maybe we should prioritize it. If one body lobbies for it, does it carry enough weight? Raising a good point, but that again shows how fragmented our accounting profession is in South Africa. It's an interesting scenario and setup. So we have a dual system, on the one hand, auditing for larger companies and a lower set of assurance engagements and factual findings reports for other companies. And then there's no unifying regulator overseeing body for the profession. And it is causing harm to our companies because as professional bodies, we sometimes give different views on standards than our counterparts. So it is a fragmented approach. It's something that has been highlighted by the World Bank quite a few years ago. Uh, they do this thing called the ROSC report. They then advise National Treasury on how they think the profession should be set up because of the important role it plays. But those uh, recommendations haven't been implemented. I would explain that by the many ministers of finance we had of late. So with each minister of finance, it's on his agenda, but then it falls off because there's a change or there's more important things to, to give attention to. And our audit regulator, Erba, did make submissions. They call it a comprehensive regulatory model, like in the UK, where you would have a regulator to strictly audit and set standards for listed companies, but when it comes to accounting, to have an oversight role and at least then get all the professional bodies to sing from the same hymn book when it comes to standards and have as their goals economic growth in Africa. Just lastly, let's talk about the impact on economic growth. Don't you think that the implementation of certain accounting standards would actually result in a difference in the uh, rate of economic growth? Is it not mm. maybe just a rearrangement of deck chairs? So there's some research done, which we would love to share with the department. There was a few years back a big effort to get as many companies as possible to adopt IFRS. And it makes sense to do that because then you have a unified set of standards and financial reports become more meaningful and more relevant and comparable. And then the argument is that the more comparable financial statements are, the more confident investors would be to invest in your country because they can compare your listed companies with companies from overseas. 
and then can decide where they're going to get the best returns, and that might then bring in more foreign direct investment. But as we've seen, off late of all the financial scandals, notably Steinhoff and some other big, big ones, many of them had to do with the fair value of accounting because that allowed you to make judgments as management, as the directors. So Marcus Joester, many of his things that they did at Steinhoff was to interpret financial reporting standards in a certain way to increase the value of the company and presented then this as an accurate result from the companies. And, and this was missed by the auditors, and that carried on for many, many years until it collapsed, and that was a magnificent collapse. So there are inherent flaws in terms of a fair value-based accounting approach, which is a cost. So we would like that to be addressed. It's not only about changing deck chairs. It has significant economic impact. If fair value accounting is mismanaged, misrepresented, it has huge effects on employment and ultimately GDP, and we're still trying to figure out how to resolve the mess that was left by Steinhoff. Nicholas, thanks for coming in today and sharing your insights. Thank you very much, Rick. That was Nicholas van Wijk. He's the CEO of the South African Institute for Business Accountants or Cyber.